listening to Mind and Matter, a mindfulness podcast from Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare. Join us twice a month for new episodes covering all things mindfulness and mental health. Together, we'll create connection, conversation, and community. For more information and resources, visit us online at www.cascadiabhc.org. Enjoy the episode! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mind and Matter. My name is Allie Fitch, and I'm your host for today's episode. And today we have a very special guest, Samaya Cullerton, all the way from Santa Cruz, California. Hi, Samaya, and welcome. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so do you want to just start out a little bit with telling us about your work and how you got into it and kind of how you got started in your field? Yeah. So I'm a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, and I practice traditional medicine in Santa Cruz. I received my master's degree here in Santa Cruz at Five Branches University, uh, where I studied traditional Asian medicine. And before that, I studied naturopathic medicine in Auckland, New Zealand, and indigenous Maori herbal medicine, and have just been really called to study herbal medicine my whole adult life. I came to study in New Zealand because as a young woman, I was really interested in traveling and I wanted to also go to college and appease my family who wanted me to go to college while fulfilling my own desires to leave home and explore the world. And when I landed in New Zealand, I just found this place that really resonated with me. I didn't plan on going to school there. Um, until I went there and I decided how is it possible for me to stay here for as long as possible so I got a student visa and went to college for four years. <laughs> I see so were there any challenges of like studying there and then coming back and then figuring out how can you apply you know this degree in the states or yeah so I basically fulfilled my heart's desires, which was an incredible privilege to study herbal medicine and indigenous medicine in New Zealand, but it didn't equate with a job or a career or a license to practice at all in the United States. So when I came back home, it was a bit of a starting at the beginning again and figuring out what I could do to pursue a career in traditional herbal medicine in this country, which was a long path of, and it had many different stops on the journey. Um, I studied holistic birth. I became a doula and I went to births and help women through postpartum period. I became a lactation consultant and did that for several years. I started nursing school. I started a public health degree. <laughs> And ultimately, I got my master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine. So th there is this very holistic background, too, that you hold. Um, so what do you think is kind of like, what is the importance of mindfulness in like holistic health, like the connection between body, mind and spirit, like in the work you're doing? Yeah, so for me, we're not disjointed. We're not a body, a mind, and a spirit. We are one human being. So all aspects mm -hmm. of our humanness are very valuable to our health and well-being. I believe that we need to address all aspects of our health to achieve wellness. And on a personal level, 
I was looking to achieve physical health for a long time without addressing my mental or spiritual well-being. And when I started to address my mental and spiritual well-being, health clicked for me in a new, really profound way. And I deepened my understanding of what health and well-being is to embody. Yeah, I definitely can relate, you know, just with the, you know, people wanting to lose weight or be on a diet, but then, you know, you achieve this goal that you set out for yourself and you're still not feeling great, you know, with yourself or satisfied. It's that whole thing of you're approaching it from this like disjointed way of just about the body rather than thinking of this like mind and spirit and like listening to the body as like a whole rather than separate pieces. Yeah, you know, we're highly influenced by the world that we live in. So we are constantly being fed all these messages about what health looks like and what wellness Mm -hmm. looks like and how to achieve these things often through purchasing something because we live Mm -hmm. in a capitalist society. And I think it takes a lot of time and work to unlearn all this messaging and programming we've received our whole life and to address what health is on a personal level, because human beings are not a monolith. We are incredibly diverse and healthcare for good purpose addresses populations as a whole and doesn't often take time to look into the individual. And I think it's incredibly valuable to have your own individual input in what health is for you. Yeah. Has like health and wellness, have you noticed a difference like in different countries or like just that you were in New Zealand, did they, was health and wellness, did that look different there than it does here? Or like how we define it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many influences. Again, human beings are not this monolith. We have all of our different cultural influences mm-hmm. and all of our different societal influences. And I would say something that I learned from the health and wellness community in New Zealand is um, the practice of self-compassion is so much more present in other communities and cultures than it is in the United States. And for me, a mindfulness practice was like an opening of a door to self-compassion, which was really life-changing for me. Mm. And if there's anything that I would like to pass on to the people that I work with is that if we can find more compassion for ourselves, we have more room and capacity for healing and growth and Mm. wellness. Definitely. I was going to ask you about self-compassion because it seems to go hand in hand with the work you're doing and just like through healing, how important that is to have for yourself and love yourself and have patience, you know, with yourself and your experience, you know, through that healing journey. Um, How has the reception been like with clients, you know, with the work that you're doing and, you know, this self-compassion practice and. Well, I think when people are receptive to it and when they're open to it and can do the work to achieve some self-compassion. It has really profound effects on Mm -hmm. all of the people that I work with. However, again, human beings, we come from so many different backgrounds and we've had so many different lived experiences. And people come to me for acupuncture and traditional healthcare for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. And 
I believe in meeting people where they're at on their journey. And although I like to plant the seed for mindfulness practice and stress management and self-compassion, sometimes that seed may take years and years before it ever has an opportunity to sprout. And that's mm -hmm. okay as well. So do you think it's important for, you know, healthcare to be guided by the client or, you know, the people that we're serving? I, I mean, just with you, like you were just saying that there's so many different reasons why someone comes to see you. And I could see like that could be really overwhelming to someone that feels like it's their responsibility to know everything and how to help everyone. But it seems to yeah, be really guided. Yeah, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like everyone needs to know everything. However, if we can respect everybody with the same equality mm -hmm. that's a really good meeting place and starting place mm -hmm. um everyone has value everyone has a contribution everyone has autonomy mm -hmm. over their bodies and their health care and their wellness and if we can meet people there then um we can achieve so much more as a team as a healthcare provider and someone who's seeking healthcare mm -hmm. in a joint relationship. Um, because so often, and sometimes I, you know, working in birth, for example, there are emergency situations where healthcare providers need to make life-saving calls. Mm -hmm. And that can feel very disempowering for a person who's having calls made for their their health without any input. Mm -hmm. But that is also the job of healthcare providers is to save lives and to make those calls in those moments. And that is of course of value. Mm -hmm. um, however, the more we can meet patients with respect, um, the, the further we'll all go together. As soon as we have um, you know, this feeling where we're not on the same team that is so challenging for everybody, mm -hmm. the people trying to provide the healthcare and the people who are there to receive it. Yeah. So what would you say the importance of community um, like has been in the work that you're doing? Yeah, well, for me, it's been everything. Mm -hmm. um, studying traditional medicine, this is a lineage of medicine. This comes from directly from people in my community. Mm -hmm. um, my community has opened doors for me to start a practice. My community are the people that I serve. My community um, are the people that come and see me. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really important for me to work directly with my community. I'm, my job is to provide a service to my community. Mm -hmm. And luckily there are many people in my community providing services for each other to create this beautiful place where hopefully we can meet everybody's healthcare needs. Mm, yeah. Have, um, what do you think is like the importance of, or the relationship between like nutrition and like physical health and mindfulness? Because I know you also are an herbalist and you're aware of like different, you know, medicines in that sense too. Yeah, food is medicine and food is what the type of medicine that is preventative medicine. It keeps us healthy. If we have quality food, quality nutrition, we tend to have better physical outcomes and mental health outcomes. So it's essential for not just survival, but for thriving. Mm -hmm. And so the more access to quality food people have in a community, the better health outcomes people have. And 
that again, from a public health perspective is an incredibly affordable way, way to um, use preventative medicine. Um, so we don't have such high costs of um, sickness in our community. Mm -hmm. Where do you think people can start with this or like learning about nutrition or health in that way? Well, there's so many resources out there, especially in Oregon and California where we live, because we grow so much food in this part of the country. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say um, the field of nutrition is also a really murky pond. <laughs> it's clouded by our societal influences of capitalism, um, health being equated with thinness and weight loss. And um, there's so many people selling so many programs mm -hmm. for what is the latest health fad when it comes to nutrition. And so um, for me, I try to peel all of that away and look at it through a very traditional lens. Um, I think that um, tradition has a lot of value, how people have eaten, how our families have eaten, how our ancestors have eaten, the types of food that we've grown. And I think if we can look at food through a lens of love and farming and kind of mm -hmm. connecting to the land and the farmers, that we will all have better outcomes. I think eating needs a mindfulness practice mm -hmm. as well. Um, if mindfulness for me is just becoming aware of mm -hmm. a lot of the inner voices in our heads and where do these voices come from and are they serving us? Are they of value? Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of dialogue in our society about food and health and diet and bodies and it's not all healthy mm -hmm. dialogue. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to peel a lot of those layers away. Again, a great unlearning mm -hmm. of these ideas of nutrition mm -hmm. and try to approach it from a lens of loving kindness, you know, which is one of the traits of the mindful meditation is mm -hmm. to approach things with loving kindness and not shame ourselves and enjoy food, enjoy mealtime, enjoy the preparation of food, mm -hmm. enjoy growing food, connecting to the people that grow your food, making sure that those people are treated with loving kindness and mm -hmm. that the earth is treated with loving kindness, the climate is treated with loving kindness mm -hmm. so we can get the foods we need um, because often that is ignored. Yeah, I like I can just see myself getting wrapped up into this, you know, planning what you're going to eat or just like keeping track of what you're going to eat and being so far removed from actually like listening to what your body is like asking for what your body needs in that moment. Um, and also going with like forgiveness and just like, you know, like trusting that your body is telling you what you need and, you know, just going from that place and being present with it. Absolutely. It's intuitive eating is what I call it what mm -hmm. it's called, just, you know, being able to listen to your body and meet your own personal needs, which again, we're not a monolith human beings. We have different needs and we have different needs at different times. We are mm -hmm. changing throughout our lives. So do you have any like mindfulness practices of your own that you, I don't know if you have like daily practices or just things that you're aware of. Um, 
Yeah, so I came into mind, mindful meditation when I was pregnant for the first mm -hmm. time. I became very anxious um, for the first time in my awareness. This anxiety felt very palpable. And my midwife at the time introduced me to the mindfulness meditation practice. And it was a life-changing experience for me mm -hmm. because I had spent a lot of time trying to meditate and do qigong and yoga and these tai chi, these different practices. And I had never really had success with meditation. Mm. Um, I would have these running dialogues in my head where I would start to go down this road of, I can't do this. I'm not doing it right. Um, I can't get these voices to quiet. Mm -hmm. I can't move on my thoughts. Um, and it was a bit torturous for me. So mm -hmm. sitting still was very challenging for me as well. And the beautiful thing about mindful meditation was it was a place where I could see all those voices in my head, hear all those voices in my head and be okay with it, accept mm -hmm. it and meet myself with loving kindness. And it made it so much lighter. I could kind of laugh about it and get to a further level of meditation and mm -hmm. calming and focusing on my breath. It didn't have to be perfect, which mm -hmm. was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely relate to that. And it just resonates with me. Like a lot of time, these things, you know, become stronger, more extreme in the resistance. You know, I always say the existence is in the resistance, you know, um, if you're not resisting this thing, that thing does not, you know, exist. So if you're just in this state of acceptance and just like presence, you know, it's just like letting it be there and, being kind and compassionate towards yourself in those moments and just like full acceptance and surrender. Absolutely. It was life-changing for my practice because at the time I was already practicing acupuncture. Mm. It really helped me get out of my head when I was treating patients a little bit and be more present with them mm. in the moment and connect with them on that human level mm -hmm. of compassion that really changed my dynamic with how I was relating to people they opened up to me in a different way and their guards came down in a different way and the healing became more profound for them as well as me mm. wow. so what do you hope to see for the future of you know healthcare that incorporates more mindfulness or self-compassion or kind of holistic health absolutely well I think there's not a person in the world that doesn't need more <laughs> self-compassion. Mm -hmm. So the further we go in talking about these things and doing research on them and showing how effective they can be, mindfulness, um, the more we can teach more people about them, we're, this is going to be changing of the world. Mm -hmm. um, we're going through, I think we're leveling up in this country. Our consciousness hopefully is rising. And I think we want to change a lot of the mistakes of our past. This country has a very dark history, especially in terms of mental health services. Mm -hmm. And we have to approach that history with honesty and openness in order to change the outcome for the future. And there's a lot of really beautiful people who are willing to do this work and excited to do this work and change the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Yeah. So at Cascadia, we offer like whole healthcare, as we call it, which is kind of this more holistic approach where there's this like one team of, you know, physicians and behavioral healthcare, you know, people supporting the community and clients. So people feel like they can come to us for, you know, a lot of different needs and feel supported by this team. Um, So with that said, what do you, what does whole healthcare mean to you? Whole healthcare to me means meeting every person with respect and equality Mm. and allowing people to have autonomy over their health and wellness and make personal choices in terms of how they're going to achieve health and wellness. We are all such different people. And for some people, that's going to be talk therapy. For some people, that's going to be meditation. For some people, that's going to be physical, you know, outlets. We Mm -hmm. all manage stress in different ways. And that's the wonderful tapestry of humanity that we are. Mm -hmm. So meeting people where they're at and allowing them to navigate their healthcare. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so special. (laughs) Um, okay, well, as we kind of come to the end of this, I don't know if you have anything else you want to share with us or, um, know, or how people can find out more about your work and, you know, maybe get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my business is called Aero Acupuncture. I'm in Santa Cruz, California. My website is aeroacupuncture.com and occasionally I write things, um, <laughs> I'd like to do that more. It's been a really hectic year, but hopefully the future will be bright for more writing and more outreach to the greater community outside of Santa Cruz. Great. Thank you so much, Samaya, for joining us. Thank you, Allie. It's great to see you. Thanks, everyone, for joining today's conversation. Head over to www.cascadiabhc.org to explore more mindfulness resources and make sure to tune in every other week for new episodes. See you next time.